Thank you for listening in to this week's sermon from Restoration Church Bryan. To learn more about Restoration, you can find us online at restorationbryan.com. We are so grateful for all those who are able to listen online, and we pray the message encourages you and challenges you as you draw closer to Jesus. If you are not already connected to a local church, we would love to invite you to join us for worship. If you are listening from another city, we pray that this message is a great supplement to your walk with Christ, and our hope is that you would have a gospel-centered local church that you call home. Thanks again for listening. Acts chapter 3, 22 through 26. Peter's preaching and he says, Moses said, the Lord God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your brothers. You shall listen to him in whatever he tells you. And it shall be that every soul who does not listen to that prophet shall be destroyed from the people. And all the prophets who have spoken from Samuel and those who came after him also proclaimed these days. You are the sons of the prophets and of the covenant that God made with your fathers, saying to Abraham, and your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed. God, having raised up his servant, sent him to you first to bless you by turning every one of you from your wickedness. Acts three twenty two through 26. Church family, as a, as a youth pastor years ago, uh, every summer we, we bust teenagers off to church camp and, and to the, the youth camp experience. Uh, and, and we uh, would take kids away from the distractions, away from popular culture, uh, away from the noise, and away from the peer pressure. And so often, teenagers would, would make these decisions to, to follow Jesus. Uh, but inevitably, inevitably, many students would, uh, would fall away as soon as they were uh, taken out of this kind of safe, insulated, set-apart youth camp environment. Uh, I'll, I'll never forget my, my first year of full-time youth ministry back in my, my hometown. Uh, I, I was a student pastor. Uh, things were going well. I'd taken over the youth ministry from a guy who had been there nine years, and my predecessor he had, he had really done a great job, uh, but he had gathered a, a very devoted uh, and loyal crowd of high school upperclassmen who also just happened to be a part of the very uh, popular uh, crowd. And I'll never forget coming home from student life camp the summer of, of 2004 and taking uh, one of our, our key uh, students, one of our key influencers, uh, after we uh, pulled into the parking lot and, and just speaking to this student, uh, God, God had been working in her heart, had been bringing about conviction. She uh, had come to this place of repentance. Uh, he was re- God was revealing areas of repentance. And, and she, she knew the cost of, of what it would be to follow Jesus. The question was, did she believe that Jesus was better than the popularity? Did she believe that, that Jesus uh, was better than the status? And, 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 and I, I, I looked her in the eye in the parking lot. And as, as we had pulled back from camp, uh, I, I said this. I said, hey, the battle starts now. 
the battle starts now. And essentially, I was letting her know this is where the rubber meets the road. Uh, but if I could go back in time, I think I, I would have just asked her this question. Do you believe that Jesus is better? Do you believe that Jesus is better? And as I look back, this, this student, uh, she slowly faded from the church scene. Uh, she graduated, went off to college, moved away, and as, as far as I know, doesn't really, uh, doesn't really walk with Jesus to this day. But church, this is the million dollar question. Do, do you believe that Jesus is better? Better than the, the opinions and the affirmation of others. Better than the, the value system of, of stuff and self that this world is constantly trying to force feed us. Better than all the temporal things of the world. Better than, than whatever version of happiness uh, that you think you can attain outside of Jesus Christ. See, as, as Peter comes to the conclusion of this sermon in Acts chapter 3, and just again by way of context, he has healed, miraculously healed this man. God has, has through Peter, has healed this man who was born lame. And then in, in Acts, uh, last week in Acts 3, 11 through 22, we, we saw where Peter, uh, 11 through 21, Peter starts proclaiming the gospel of Jesus. And here we, we see the conclusion of the sermon, but he, he once again connects Jesus. He connects these dots. He connects Jesus back to the Old Testament prophecies, back to the covenant and promises. And would Israel receive their Messiah who they had missed? More than that, would they repent and would they recognize that Jesus was better? And today, as we as we look at the as we look at the cultural landscape around us and, and all the the ideologies and the idols that people are sinking themselves into, will the church rise up? Will we will we confess and we will we convey to the world that Jesus is better? Three things this morning as, as we look at this text. As we look at verses 22 and 23, the first thing I first point I want to make is that Jesus is the better voice. Jesus is the better voice as we look at verses 22 and 23. See, in verse 22, Peter here directly quotes from Deuteronomy 18:15, where Moses had said, The Lord your God, in Deuteronomy 18:15, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among you from your brothers, it, it is him to whom you shall listen. Church, it would be a bit of an understatement uh, to say that the Israelites revered and, and listened to the voice of Moses. Sure, they, they grumbled and complained at times, but this was the man who, through God, had administered the ten plagues. 
Uh, the people, they had seen, they, they saw uh, God use Moses to part the Red Sea. It was through, God through Moses had given the Ten Commandments and the law. It was uh, Moses, when, when Moses was crossed, the, the ground before his enemies literally opened them up and swallowed them into the earth. And even when Miriam, Moses' own sister, questioned his authority, she was struck with leprosy. He was God's mouthpiece to the nation. He was the OG prophet of Israel. Needless to say, many faithful Israelites, because of this prophecy of Moses, they would have been looking for Joshua, his predecessor, to to be the fulfillment of this final prophet. Uh, little did they know that Joshua, though, though he would not be the fulfillment of, of this final prophet who was to come, it would be Yeshua, Jesus, who was to come. And, and the text says God would raise him up. And, and yes, uh, God rose Jesus from the dead. But in the context, this isn't, I don't believe it's talking about the resurrection. It's that God raised Jesus up at the right point in human history. And so Peter, he pleads with his people to repent and to recognize that they had missed it. They had missed him. And just just to connect the dots, this was Peter. This was the same Peter who at the transfiguration in in uh, in Matthew 17, uh, five through through eight uh, had had come across uh, Peter. Uh, or had come across Moses and, and Elijah talking to Jesus in Matthew 17. And, and of course, you know, Peter, Peter puts his, his foot in his mouth and he's, he's ready to honor all three prophets equally. Uh, and God has to uh, literally interrupt Peter as he's talking to let him know this. God says, this is my beloved son. This is my son with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. And when the disciples heard this, Matthew 17, 6, they fell on their faces. They were terrified. But Jesus came and he touched them saying, rise and have no fear. And when they lifted up their eyes, they saw no one but Jesus only. R.C. Sproul says the glory of Christ shone through the veil of Jesus' humanity. And the disciples fell on their faces in terror before them. And the wording of verse 8 is very significant. That when they lifted up their eyes, they saw only Jesus. See, Peter and James and John, they needed to know in that moment, uh, as, they, as they saw the prophet Moses, as they saw the prophet Elijah, and they saw Jesus, they needed to know that Jesus was superior. He was the better prophet. He was the better voice. And he would be and he would give the final word of God. Not only this, but verse 23 reveals a warning from Leviticus 23.39 for for the consequences of not following, not heeding his voice. 
And this really harkened back to Moses' prophecy in his day. The, the context of this warning was in regard to uh, warning Israel to not be like the surrounding nations. Instead of, of practicing divination and sorcery, God's people were to listen to everything that the prophet would tell them. They, they were not, listen, they were not to look to the surrounding nations. They were not to dabble in the practices of the Canaanites. They They were not to look to others for their context clues. And herein lies the application, church family. Church, we we cannot look to the surrounding culture to inform our decision making. We, we cannot take shortcuts to effect the will of God or, or, or even to hear from God. Our, our final authority is Jesus. Our final authority is Jesus. The most important voice is the voice of Jesus. The most important word is the, is the word that Jesus has already spoken in regard to sin and salvation. And so when the culture is going crazy, our, our, our posture and our position doesn't change. We say, listen to Jesus. Repent. And believe, trust in his sacrificial death to cover and to atone for your sin. Trust in his resurrection for victory and for hope. Follow him. See, the great commandment and the great commission are still the main thing when it comes to to following Jesus and, and following the same mission that he was on. Love God, love others, make disciples. This, this is the mission of the church. And if you're listening to the voice of the culture right now, you have probably forgotten that this is the mission. If you're listening to the voice of the culture, you've probably forgotten that this is the mission. If you're listening to the voice of Jesus, church family, you're not going to waver. You will not lose focus because Jesus is the better voice. But here's the problem. See, when Christ was glorified, I'm going to read Matthew 17, 8 one more time. They lifted up their eyes and they saw no one but Jesus only. Man, you would be hard pressed to say that the eyes of the the American church are on Jesus only. Far from it. We're, we're on that Jesus plus track. And, and, I, and I hear the pushback. And I, I addressed it last week. You know, uh, People want to say, don't, don't talk about it being a heart issue if you're only preaching and living half the gospel. And I, and I hear that. I, uh, this past week, I, I watched a, a 15-minute video that I thought was so appropriate to this by Dr. Tony Evans. And, and he, he talked about uh, how the gospel has got to impact these four spheres. The gospel, yes, it starts with the heart, but the gospel's got to impact the heart. It's got to impact the home. It's got to impact the church, and then it can impact the culture and the systemic issues. 
But right now, we, we have one group that wants systemic change, but doesn't want to deal with individual hearts. Or they don't want to address issues in the homes. And another group says it's a, a heart issue, but somewhere along the way, changed hearts didn't lead to changed homes, changed churches, and a changed culture. We need a gospel that starts at the individual heart level, but then impacts all four of these spheres. Love God. Follow Jesus. Love God. Love others. Make disciples. Make disciples. Kind of hard to be a racist if you love God who created all people to bear His image. It's kind of hard to look the other way on injustice if you love others from a gospel transformed heart. It's kind of hard to disengage from the culture if your life's mission is to help people know and follow Christ and His commands. Church, Jesus is the better voice. Quit Quit soaking up everything that the culture is feeding you. The, everything that the world is feeding you. Stop, stop taking your cues from the culture and these cultural ideologies that are offering Christless solutions. Jesus is the better voice. He is, he is the answer. And in saying that He is the answer, it's not a cliche. It, it is that simple, but all the current climate is revealing is that we're not really following the Jesus of Scripture. Second thing this morning, as we look at verse 24, Jesus is the better king. Jesus is the better king. I, I think some uh, struggle with what to, to do with Peter's reference to Samuel here. Howard Marshall says the reference to Samuel is admittedly difficult. The most that can be said is that Christians may have regarded his prophecies of David's kingdom as finding ultimate fulfillment in the rule of the son of David. And I, I would agree, church fam, think, think about this. Samuel was the prophet used by God to usher in the reign of David, to usher in the, the Davidic kingdom. Uh, it was through, pro, through the, the, Samuel, uh, the prophet Samuel that these Davidic uh, promises, the, the Davidic covenant was revealed. And, and so uh, a kingdom, so, so through, through Samuel, Israel had this promise of a forever kingdom, a, a kingdom where the steadfast love of God would never depart. And sure, uh, the nation, you know, they, they had demanded Saul be king. They, they had thrust him into power uh, and put him in the position based on his appearances. Just looking at this brother's size and his stature. But, but surely, surely the thought was David would be different. They're looking at David and they're saying, after all, this, this was a man after God's own heart. This, this seventh born son of Jesse who had been plucked from the fields, hanging out with the sheep. Uh, surely David would be the one, right? David would be the one to lead Israel, to, to mediate the covenant and, and to guide the people into this kingdom where all would be well and all would be right and all would be good, except it, it, it wasn't. It wasn't good. Maybe, 
maybe for just a little bit, but as, as, as good as David was, at times he, he was fickle. And he, he didn't lead his family well. There was turmoil in his family, turmoil with his sons, even to the point where one of his sons, Absalom, uh, hijacked the kingdom from him. And David's his lustful heart got the better of him as he essentially sexually assaulted Bathsheba and then to, to top it off, had her husband murdered. And, and it's like, Israel, is this, is this really, is that the king you were looking for? Is, is that the king you, 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 had, you were hoping in? You know, my, my, my educational background is, is marketing, and, and, and I, I'm, a, I'm a natural promoter. And, and, and I think early on with restoration, I, I was more prone to sell the the new person on the church and to to talk up all the benefits but I but what I, I realize is that even with pastors folks are looking for that ideal preacher and that ideal shepherd and that that ideal leader who who checks all the boxes and so so nowadays I'm I'm a lot more apt on the front end of the conversation to let people know hey like straight up at some point I will probably tick you off <laughs> I I'll, I will blow it at times and and like I want to lead really well but I'm not the king that you're looking for. And yet today you, you see nations and you see countries and you see people caught up in this same cycle and, and falling for the same mirage with politics. This is the king who will lead us. This is the, the president who will guide us in to the promised land. This is the one who will make all things right. And church, don't, don't, don't hear what I'm not saying, okay? I'm not saying we don't participate in politics because we absolutely do as citizens of a free country, amen? But at the end of the day, our human kings will let us down. Their, their promises and their, their intentions and their character will fall short. It's why we don't look to human kings to do what only Jesus can do. Here's the application, church. This is, this is where the gospel and our kingdom uh, theology have got to, uh, they've got to inform our our politics and our ideology. As Americans, we, we can and we should engage the government. We, we should engage the public arena. There's no, there's no doubt about it. As you read First and Second Kings, as you read First and Second Chronicles, uh, when the king was, was relatively good, uh, the people of Israel, they reaped the benefits and, and the blessing of good leadership. And when, the, and when the king was bad, everybody paid a price. There's no doubt about it. So by, by all means, vote and engage the, the system. But don't be naive. Don't be short-sighted. Don't blindly accept everything your political party of choice 
feeds you. Remember that their goal is to retain power. And ultimately, many of the cycles that, that we stay in serve, uh, serve each party well so that they can craft and they can package uh, the next round of, of promises to deliver our way. That's not cynicism, church family. That's just reality. And in all of this, there is an opportunity for the church to cling to this truth. Our citizenship is in heaven. And from it, we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Philippians 3 and 20. Church, Jesus is the better king. Jesus is the better king. And then third and finally, as we look at verses 25 and 26, Jesus is the better blessing. The reason why the prosperity gospel is such a scam and a, a lie from the pit of hell is because it, it peddles better blessings than Jesus himself. <laughs> Jesus is kind of a big deal on his own. <laughs> he doesn't need to come carrying cash and clothes and cars and, and costs to, uh, to make it worth it. Amen? See, when, when church, when Peter, when Peter tells Israel that they are heirs of the covenant of God with their fathers, he's alluding back to the Abrahamic covenant. He's, he's taking them back to Genesis 12, 1 through 3. And when Peter says, all the peoples of the earth will be blessed, church, that, that Greek word all, it actually, it means all. He's speaking to us. See, when Jesus came on the scene, though, though, yes, he first came to Israel, verse 26, the blessing was not just limited to national Israel. The covenant blessing was for all the earth. But what was the blessing? Look at verse 26 of Acts 3. Jesus was raised up and sent, check this out, to bless you by turning each of you from your wicked ways. What is this re revealing? Church, it's revealing this. The blessing of God was mediated through the cross. The blessing of Jesus is that He turns sinful hearts back to God. He restores them to right relationship with God. The blessing is that Jesus forgives and covers sin. That, that is the blessing. Everything else on top of that is just a bonus. Because keep in mind, like God, God doesn't owe us anything. Salvation. Salvation is a gift. Grace is a gift. So while the world runs after stuff and status and self, Believing that those things will satisfy the, the God-sized hole in their soul. The church must enter into that space and we must profess with our lips. And we must give proof with our lives that Jesus is the better blessing. Jesus is the better blessing. And I'll, I'll close with this this morning. Friend of mine from years back, uh, who now pastors in, in, in Sugarland, uh, Pastor Neil McClendon, uh, many moons ago was was uh, a, a youth 
uh, preacher and speaker. And many times I would bring him into our youth ministry uh, to speak to our students. And he would, he would come in and he would light up our kids with the Word of God. And this brother, he, he, had, he had a prophetic bent to, to him. He had a prophetic bent to him. And he was, he was not afraid to confront and to call out. I, 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 if I'm being honest, I was a little bit, I was a little scared of Neil. I had heard stories of this guy as the youth camp preacher, like getting into arguments and fights with students at youth camp. Like that was, that was Neil. Um, he was fiery and he was not afraid to use his prophetic voice. What's my point? There's much talk about the need for the prophetic voice of the church in the world today. And to this, to this I say, amen. Amen. We need to be that prophetic voice. But I would quickly remind the church that the point uh, of the point Peter is making here in Acts 3. Jesus is the final prophet. He is the final word and the amen of God. And so understand this, church family. Even when the Old Testament prophets spoke out against Israel, number one, they were not addressing injustice and idolatry as these like isolated incidents, but rather as the collective failure of Israel to to live up to the standard of God's righteousness and his covenant calling. And number two, these Old Testament prophets, they were always looking ahead to the final prophet and to the kingdom of God. Ultimately, these Old Testament prophets we're pointing forward to the person and the work of Jesus Christ. See, we, yes, we now look back on Jesus' first advent. We look back on the cross. We look back on the resurrection. But we also look forward to the same thing that these Old Testament prophets did. We look forward to the consummation of all things in Jesus Christ. And we look forward to the perfect and glorious kingdom that only He will usher in. Church, Jesus is the Alpha and the Omega. The first and the last word. In any, any word that the church is uh, giving the culture anything that we are proclaiming right now must point to Jesus. He is better. He is the better voice. He is the better king. And he's the better blessing. Amen.